Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, happy new year. Welcome back to Sleep Cues. We took a little break over the holidays. We played some of our favorite episodes, some of our most downloaded episodes over the holidays. I'll be honest, give me a little bit of a break from recording, but also because those are the episodes you've asked for the most, you've downloaded the most, you've wanted to hear the most. So I hope everyone enjoyed that break where we replayed those and now we are into the new year. And I thought, what better way to start off the new year than by talking about short naps? Today is Q&A Tuesday, and I happen to get a lot of questions over the holidays about short naps. I get a lot of questions all the time about short naps because it's really common. There are several reasons why they occur, and they can be really frustrating. So today, let's dive into the top five questions I got specifically about short naps over the last few weeks while I was taking a break from recording. First question, my baby will only ever nap for 30 minutes. Often I go in her room and rock her back to sleep and she'll then sleep another hour in my arms. How can I get her to sleep longer than 30 minutes in her crib? It is so tempting to rush in and rock baby back to sleep after a short nap. I get it. I have been there. I've been part of the short nap club when my little girl was an infant. And it's frustrating to spend time getting your baby down for their nap and then only have them nap for 30 minutes. You only got a 30 minute break. They wake up and they're still tired and probably a little grumpy as a result of that. So it's really tempting to go in and extend that nap in your arms. And certainly you can keep extending the nap in your arms, but if the question is, how do I get my baby to sleep longer than 30 minutes in her crib, continually going in and rocking your baby back to sleep in your arms after those little cat naps is probably not the solution to getting you past those 30-minute naps. What's probably happening with this baby is that she's very used to being in that light stage of sleep around the 30-minute mark, waking up as her body tries to transition into her next sleep cycle, but then knowing that when she makes some noise, someone is going to come in and extend that nap in their arms. And to your baby, that's really enticing. And so there is no real reason for her to want to go back to sleep, for her to want to try to go back to sleep in her crib when she's in that light stage of sleep and wakes up at the 30-minute mark because it is more enticing to yell out for you to continually come and put you to sleep in her arms. So you are likely to see those 30-minute naps in the crib continue to happen as long as you are rescuing them with contact naps. Again, if you love those contact naps and they're working for your family and this 30-minute nap isn't bothering you, then sure, you can keep rescuing it with the contact nap. But this mom is saying, I want to stop the 30-minute naps. I want her to nap longer in her crib. And I want to stop having to go in and rescue these naps in my arms. And that's okay. That's reasonable. You know, mom needs a break too. Mom needs more than 30 minutes at a time to just take a break or get things done or sit down with a hot cup of coffee. It's okay to want your baby to sleep longer in their crib. It's a win-win. Baby gets more restful sleep and you get a break. So I totally get why this mom would want these 30-minute naps to come to an end. My answer to this mom or any parent in this situation who's struggling with this would be that we need to stop rescuing the nap with a contact nap 
if we want to see these naps in the crib start to extend. So what can we do instead? Well, first we can make sure that baby's going down independently. And we are going to talk about that a little bit more with some of the other questions that I'm covering today. But if baby is needing rocking to get to sleep in the first place, that might be why baby is waking up at the 30 minute mark. So we have to consider, are there sleep crutches in place that are helping that baby get to sleep in the first place that that baby is then waking up for at the 30 minute mark looking for again? If baby is going down independently, that's great. But if she's always having the nap rescued in someone's arms at the 30 minute mark, again, she's probably going to keep waking up looking for that. So the goal here and the way that we're going to get past these 30 minute crib naps is to have baby go to sleep independently and go back to sleep independently after she wakes up. Now, that doesn't mean we just leave baby in the crib after that cat nap for indefinite periods of time, but it does mean that I suggest parents give their baby some time, decide what you're comfortable with. If baby wakes up 30 minutes into their nap, you wait, you give them a little time. Maybe you wait 10 to 15 minutes if you're comfortable with that to see if your baby can do this on her own, to give her the chance to do this on her own. And if she does, she goes back to sleep in that 10, 15 minute wait period. Amazing. That's great. You've started to see some progress. If she doesn't go back to sleep in that time, as tempting as it is to go in and contact nap, again, that's probably not going to get you to the other side of these cat naps over the long term. So instead, if she doesn't go back to sleep during that wait period, then you just go in and get her up and carry on with the day. Does that stink because we only got a 30 minute nap and baby might be a little cranky? Yes, in that moment it does, but if you keep working at this and you keep giving baby that time and you keep avoiding those contact naps, this is how you're probably going to see ultimately that those naps start to extend. And during that wait period, she more consistently puts herself back to sleep and then starts having those nice, longer, restful naps. The next question for today is about a six-month-old. My six-month-old still only naps 45 minutes at a time. He is breastfed. His room is super dark. I use a sound machine. He just started solids. He sleeps through the night. By the way, this is this question is great. If you are ever sending us a DM on Instagram, it is so helpful if you give us a bunch of information about your child. If you don't, I just usually end up going back and forth with you asking all of the questions that I need the answers to in order to give you a thorough response. But this mom was already super thorough. He's breastfed, room is super dark, use a sound machine. He just started solids. He's six months old. He sleeps through the night, but he always has short naps. Any advice? This is a tough one. It's tough because this parent is already doing some amazing stuff. And so I really had to dig around to figure out some advice in terms of why this child would still be having short naps. He's six months old. Normally by that stage, we see developmentally a child is ready to have longer naps. His room is super dark. They use a sound machine. So he's got a good sleep conducive environment. He just started solids recently. He sleeps through the night, but he always has these short naps. Okay. So when I stopped, it was when I saw he just started solids. Often when a child is around six months of age and has just started solids, they're not getting very much in their mouth. There's a lot going on the floor. There's a lot being eaten by the dog after your baby whips it across the room. There's a lot going on their face, but there's not a lot going in their mouth. Often at this age, we've started doing either one breastfeed or one bottle per wake window, and then we're offering those solids. But because the baby is not getting a lot of solids in their mouth, they might actually be a little bit hungry by nap time. 
And so this is where around age five, six, seven months, I'm normally recommending that a parent do two either breast or bottle feeds, whatever you're feeding with, during a wake window. Because we're not having enough solids to really consider it having filled your baby's belly up. So six months old, he's breastfed. What I suggested to this mom is that she does kind of a top-up feed during her wake window. So we focus on wake, eat, play, sleep. Baby feeds when he wakes up for the day. He breastfeeds when he wakes up from his naps. We don't breastfeed at nap time because we're trying to avoid a feed-sleep association. We don't want him falling asleep on the breast. But we do offer another breastfeed, not just at the beginning of the wake window, but at this age, near the end of the window. About 30 to 40 minutes before the end of the wake window, before his next nap, I would suggest a parent of this, a child this age, offer a top-up breastfeed or bottle feed if you're using a bottle. This ensures that we get some extra calories but it's still far enough away from the nap that we're not using a sleep crutch. He's not associating that feed with sleeping. So we're also offering solids. Yes, this is a lot of feeding during the wake window, but we want to ensure baby's tummy is full for their nap because sometimes short naps can be the result of waking up in a light stage of sleep 45 minutes into the nap and baby realizing he's a bit hungry because he hasn't breastfed since the beginning of his previous wake window and he barely took any of that pee puree that you tried to give him before his nap. So what we do at this age, feed when we wake up to start the day, offer your solids 30 to 45 minutes later. Let the breast milk or formula digest a little bit, then offer those solids that you're starting to introduce, then offer a top-up breastfeed or bottle about 30 or 40 minutes before the next nap. Any wake window where you are not yet offering solids at this age or where you offer solids and your baby doesn't get a lot of it in their mouth, this is where I would offer the top-up feed. As your baby gets older, now we're talking, say, an eight-month-old, a nine-month-old, a 10-month-old, they are usually doing better with solids. They're still having one breastfeed or bottle feed each wake window at the beginning of each wake window. But now when you offer them breakfast, they're having like a bigger, proper breakfast. And then you probably don't need to do the top-up feed at some point after that because they've probably had enough nutrition. Their belly is nice and full from having had both a breastfeed or bottle feed at the beginning of their wake window and their nice big breakfast. Same thing after that next nap at that age, eight, nine, 10 months. We have our nap, we wake up, we have another breastfeed or bottle feed, we wait an hour, we have a nice big lunch, We play for an hour and then we're going down for another nap and we probably don't need that top-up feed at that age because we had both a breast or bottle feed and a nice big lunch and we do that all throughout the day. So again, eight, nine, 10 months, at that point, we're pretty good with solids for most babies. We are not really seeing a need for an extra milk feed in each of those wake windows. We can just do the one plus the solids, but At five, six, seven months, when we are just being introduced to solids or we haven't even been introduced to any solids yet, that is where I start to recommend that we're doing two either breast or bottle feeds per wake window, not at the nap time, but close enough to it that we can ensure hunger is never an issue causing short naps. Next question. My five-month-old has never had a nap longer than 45 minutes, and it's usually only about 30. 45 is if I'm lucky. Why is this? I thought by now he'd be extending his naps. He goes down independently for naps. He only wakes up once or twice at night for a quick feed and then he's back to sleep, but always short naps. 
What is possibly happening here is that this baby is using sleep crutches overnight and then is looking for those in light stages of sleep in the day. Let me explain. This baby is five months old. I went back and forth with mom a little bit on this question and made sure that I knew he was a healthy weight. His doctor has zero weight concerns. His doctor in this baby's case had actually suggested to mom at his last checkup that her baby could go through the night without a feed. And I agree. Many five-month-olds who are healthy weight, no weight concerns, doctor is given the green light for it, can do the night without a feed. So if this baby is still waking up one to two times at night and having a feed, it's likely not because he needs it from a nutritional perspective, but more because he's just in a light stage of sleep. He wakes up making some noise and mom knows that this will get him back to sleep at this point. But that kind of makes it a sleep crutch. And even though this baby goes down independently for his naps in the day, goes down independently at bedtime, he does use a sleep crutch one or two times at night. So if your baby uses a sleep crutch at any time of the day or night, there are going to be other times when he expects it too. This is what I suggest to parents when they say to me, well, what does nighttime sleep have to do with daytime sleep? Why would an overnight feed at this age cause my baby to have short naps? Those things are unrelated. They are not unrelated. They are very much related. 30, 45 minutes into a nap, again, is a light stage of sleep for your baby. If your baby wakes up at one o'clock in the morning and is looking for a sleep crutch to help them get back to sleep, then there's a good chance that they're also going to wake up 30 to 45 minutes into a nap during the day in a light stage of sleep looking for the same thing. So if they're offered that crutch at one o'clock in the morning, we can expect that they're also going to expect to be offered that crutch 45 minutes into a nap. They're not offered it in this case. Mom just gets them up and carries on with her day, but then is confused about why he keeps having these short naps. This is probably why. I would suggest to this mom, I did suggest to this mom, that with some sleep coaching, And having baby start to sleep through the night, she's probably also going to see those naps extend because baby's no longer looking for crutches in those light stages of sleep. The next question is about a slightly older child, almost one year old. My 11-month-old is having trouble going down for her second nap of the day, often fighting it for a while and then only napping 30 minutes once she goes to sleep. Her first nap of the day is great and long. Is it time to drop to one nap? No, it's not time to drop to one nap. I can say with almost certainty, with a lot of confidence, the vast majority of 11-month-olds still need two naps per day. But this is very commonly a case where I see parents drop to one nap too early because they get a little bit confused about why baby is starting to protest a nap or having shorter naps. So let's break this question down. This child is 11 months, so she needs quite a bit of sleep pressure to go down for both of her naps. She's only napping 30 minutes in the afternoon, and that's once she actually goes to sleep. She's fighting her nap. She's having a short afternoon nap. But what this mom also told me is that her first nap of the day is great and long. What is probably happening here is that the first nap of the day for this 11-month-old is too long, and then she doesn't have enough sleep pressure to go down easily or for a long time for her second nap of the day. I would strongly suggest she's not ready to drop to one nap a day, because dropping to one nap a day 
means you need to push to the middle of the day for this child's nap. And most 11-month-olds are going to be very overtired if they are pushed all the way to the middle of the day before they get to nap. They usually need to nap around 9.30 in the morning at this age. So we don't want to make them go all the way to noon without sleep, pushing to one nap a day because they're going to be overtired. Instead, what I would suggest to help get this second nap of the day happening more easily and getting a little bit longer is to shorten the first nap of the day a little bit. So when this parent says their first nap of the day is great and long, I'm hearing this nap is probably like an hour and a half to two hours. If an 11-month-old naps for an hour and a half to two hours in the morning, they are probably going to resist their second nap of the day, maybe even totally refuse their second nap of the day. If they do go down for it, it's probably going to be short because they don't have enough sleep pressure. So instead, normally at around 11 months, I suggest parents cap the first nap of the day at one hour of sleep. And then we do maybe three and a half hours of awake time, and then we offer the second nap. So often when I recommend this to parents, they so quickly see a change in their baby's second nap of the day. Baby stops resisting that nap. They start having a longer second nap because they have enough sleep pressure for it. So that would be my suggestion to deal with this shorter second nap at this age. And the final question for today is about a much older kiddo. My three and a half year old has been skipping her nap recently. And if she does sleep, she usually wakes after only half an hour. And then her bedtime is really rough. Are these signs that we should give up on the nap? Mama, yes, it's probably time to give up on the nap. Some parents are elated when they hear that because they're like, this nap is a pain. We want to go out for the day and we always feel like we have to come home in the middle of the day for her nap. I'm excited to get rid of her nap. Other parents run for the hills when I suggest that it's time to get rid of nap. They are not happy about this. They love that break in the middle of the day each weekend. You know, they want that nap to happen, but... If a child is well over three years of age, often skips their nap, if they do sleep, it takes them a long time to fall asleep, and when they finally fall asleep, the nap is quite short, and on top of all of that, when they do have even a short nap, their bedtime is really rough, and they're not tired enough to go to sleep until really late for their bedtime, these are all check marks that it is time to get rid of the nap. So in this case, yes, I would suggest that this child is resisting her nap because she's old enough that she probably doesn't really need the nap anymore. I would suggest that when this child falls asleep and has a short nap, once again, it's because she doesn't have enough sleep pressure in the day to need a long nap. And then certainly if she is wired at bedtime after having that short nap, really good sign that it's time to drop the naps altogether. Don't forget when your child is three, three and a half, getting close to four years of age, this is a common year range for a child to be ready to drop their nap, but you probably need to pull bedtime quite a bit earlier when you are first dropping your child's nap. If your child is used to napping even 45 minutes during the day and now they're not going to be napping anymore, it can feel like a big stretch to get to bedtime. And we don't want to be doing a 7.30, 8 o'clock bedtime for a child whose body clock is just getting used to not having that midday snooze. So at first, I generally recommend a bedtime as early as even 6 p.m. if your child is showing a lot of strong tired signs near the end of the day when they're first dropping their nap. You might do more like 6.30 If they are doing okay, they're not falling asleep in their dinner, they're not seeming super cranky and full of tantrums in the evening, maybe 6.30 to start, 
6 p.m. if they're looking really, really tired. And then as their body clock adjusts and they really get used to not napping over the course of a couple of months, you'll probably increase that bedtime to closer to 7 p.m. as they approach four years of age. That's a pretty common bedtime for a four-year-old who's not napping and whose body clock has adjusted to not napping. That's the top five from the last few weeks, actually. I waited, I saved them up, and because I was getting so many questions about short naps, I thought, let's have a bit of a theme to the first Q&A Tuesday of the new year. Let's make it about short naps, because short naps and night wakes are the two most common challenges we see parents having, the most common questions we get from parents on Instagram, via the podcast, Short naps can be so frustrating, but there are ways past them. Always remember that under about four and a half to five months, short naps are simply developmentally normal, even if you're doing all of the quote unquote right things. So don't stress. They will probably come along soon. If you're past that age and you're still seeing short naps, reach out to us, thehappysleepcompany.com. Schedule yourself a free 20-minute phone consultation. Let's chat about short naps. Let's chat about all things baby sleep. And let's get you all some great rest for the new year. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.